Hello and welcome to The Coaching Corner, a podcast by RefCoach. We are Jack and Ale, and on this podcast, we provide short, educational conversations about refereeing to help officials improve and enjoy the game they love. Today's topic is free kick management. Obviously, free kick management sounds like an incredibly broad topic, which it is. You know, in most games, referees will give between 20, 30-odd free kicks. So there's lots of different angles to look at it. We're going to try and focus on a few key ones, and then we're going to give you a few tips and tricks that you can take away and try in your next game or over the next few weeks and see if it helps you solve some problems you might be encountering on the field. Yeah, it's everything, and I think this this is a topic where it's always important to understand that managing free kicks and managing them managing them effectively comes with a lot of experience mm. all free mm. kicks are going to be different yeah. all games are going to be different so there's a lot of ticks and tips and techniques you can try but they may not work and they might not work in every situation exactly so there's a lot of, of things that you got to learn and and it all comes with doing it a hundred times once you've done it a hundred times you will It'll be easier. It will be easier to apply a certain technique to a different situation, but at the beginning, chances are it's going to be a bit of shambles. <laughs> well, and it depends on you as a person. What might work for me in managing a situation or in free kicks in this instance, Ale might be different to you because we're different people. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Your your style of refereeing mm. uh, really affects that as well. Mm. If you think about referees that are a little bit more calm versus referees that like to be a little bit more loud on the pitch that that also changes the way you approach each Mm. situation Mm. so what type of free kicks do we have when you think about management you always think first about ceremonial free kicks Mm -hmm. obviously ceremonial free kicks are those taken near the the penalty area or that could lead to a promising attack so to a crossing to an area usually that's what we look at there's usually a wall. The defending team will be setting yeah. up in a wall. Um, usually, your ceremonial free kick is it's going to be taken on the whistle, and you're going to do the full, you know, the full shebang of, of setting everything up properly. Yeah, it's a proper it's a proper show. That's why it's called ceremonial. Mm. There is a whole ceremony of the free kick that mm. needs to to be followed. And we start from from a, the ball position. Like this is quite interesting because usually teams will wait to get set up for their players to all be in position because they have all their their schemes, all their their, their tactics that they use. But sometimes they may also try to kick the ball fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or maybe the ball is not in the right position. So Mm -hmm. there's a few things that we can do there to manage that. Yeah, and then you got to think about once the ball's in the right place, managing the wall. Okay, so... This sounds like a really simple topic, but I think what we see when we're watching a lot of young referees who who don't know what to do, it can be a bit haywire. And and of course, that's because they've never been taught, right? How how are you going to do something yeah. well if you've never been taught? So, I think it's important just to think of some some basics. And there's a few different ways you can do this. You can literally march out the the ten yards, the nine point one five meters in your steps. It's a good idea to think about. Well, how big are my steps? You know, if a referee is six foot five, their steps and strides are going to be a lot bigger than a referee who's five foot six, for example. Um, So it's important to know what 10 yards is for you. So the ball's down, you walk it out using your distance. And now there's a couple of things to think about here is if you're using the spray, 
the vanishing spray, what we've been taught to do is you just walk past the players and go to where the point where the wall will be and you put the vanishing spray on the ground and you tell the players the line's on the floor, back you go. But obviously not everybody referees with that. So you can either take that concept and, and go back and then just tell the players back on me, this is where it is and, and get them to come back. Or, you know, the players will generally be lined up in their wall but be much too close. So yeah. you can then do the walk, walk them back with you. Uh, so you can, you know, stand close to a player, tell the player next to you in a wall, right, you're going to be coming back with me, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, and here you are. So that's probably two different ways to think about managing the wall, and both are completely effective, both are fine, up to you what you yeah. want to do. And I'd rather walk the wall a little bit further yes. than a little bit too close, because they're all going to try and come forward, especially if there's no vanishing spray. Mm which means basically they're going to take that extra two steps, one, yeah. one two little steps. So if you, walk, if you walk them an extra meter, no one's going to complain about it, right? Yeah. Whilst if you walk them too close, if you don't walk them uh, far enough, and the free kick ends up on a wall, you, you risk to upset a few people. Potentially. Another key area with the wall is never put them on the penalty area line. Yeah. So you either want to have them one meter inside the penalty area line or one meter outside the penalty area line. This way, if there's a handball offense from a player in the wall, it is clear to everybody that the offense is either inside or outside. It minimizes a risky decision that you have to make. A couple of ways to make this happen. Use what Ale just said. Just push the players back another meter if you need to. Or think about when you're positioning the ball, because let's be honest, the ball is never exactly where the free kick happened. Just have in your mind, okay, is this going to be close to, is this ball position going to make the players be close to the edge of the penalty area? And just move the ball back, forwards, whatever you need to do, just to enable you to avoid that that potentially tricky situation. Yeah. It, it just shouldn't happen. It should never yeah. happen. Uh, you know, it's it, for me, it's black and white. Yeah. We should just, it, it's making a big issue for ourselves if we do it. Avoid, avoid that white line like if it was COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next part for me to talk about with managing ceremonial free kicks, and this is something that I've learned stepping up to the A-League over the last few years, working with some really experienced FIFA referees, is teamwork around wall management. And this is especially important for when the free kicks are on the left-hand side of the penalty area. So you're attacking field, the left-hand side. Because you think about where are the players going to go? And the players will usually go to the right-hand side. So the referee has a tricky situation. Should they watch the wall? Should they watch the drop zone? Well, the most important area is the drop zone because that's where a potential decision is going to occur. So the referee can go over to the right-hand side of the penalty area and watch the players, but this is where teamwork comes in. And it is important to discuss this before the game, especially if you don't have comms because you need to just know that what you're going to do. And the way to help the referee go over to the right-hand side is if the fourth official is on that side, he can or he or she can come down the field to have a really good view of the wall and the fourth official then becomes responsible for handballing the wall. If, uh, if not, if there's no fourth official, then the non-active assistant referee can become involved and takes responsibility for handballing the wall. Now, obviously, if the free kick is... Uh, sorry, if the wall is outside the penalty area, then it's not as important. But if the wall is inside the penalty area, then you've got a really crucial decision. And you should think about as a referee, how do you want your assistant or the fourth official to communicate this to you if you don't have comms? Is it via a buzzer flag? Is it via a hand signal, body language? Um, whatever Using work- your voice. Anything. Yeah, whatever works for you. Um, but it's just really important to think about that during the game. 
It lets the referee make a better decision if there's an incident on the right-hand side area of the penalty area, and it just makes things a bit smoother for everybody. Yeah, and it's important to know because if anything happens, then you know that you've instructed your teammates to have your back, mm. so you can turn to them without... If, so especially for a fourth official, if you don't have any sort of electronics with you and they need to talk to you, you can just turn to them and have a look. And if they're looking at you and giving you a little, and, and giving you a little signal, then you know you got to go and talk to them. Another good thing to do when you are setting up this kind of free kicks is making sure with your body language you show to everyone that one of your teammates is looking at. Yeah. Um, for example, if the fourth official is coming down the, the line or uh, the, the um, inactive assistant is coming down the line, make sure that you point at them and you tell the world they're looking and you make a big gesture so everyone knows. So if they actually make end up making a call, everyone will not be surprised that someone from the other side has made a call. So that really helps management after something happens. And you can tell the players in that same way. Yeah. Fellas, keep your arms inside your body. You know, big body language. Start with your arms outside your body and bring them in and show the players where it's acceptable and show them where it's not. And that's a great point, Ali. It just manages everybody's expectations. So if a decision has to be made, whether it's by you, the AR or the fourth official, every single person in the ground or on TV or the parents watching will go, well, the referee just told him and he's still stuck his hand out. What does he expect? Yeah. One final thing to touch on with managing ceremonial free kicks came from a law change that was introduced was it a year or two ago, I think, Ali, which was where attackers have to be at least one metre. Yeah. One metre away from the defending wall. So this is to stop or was introduced to stop all the, I'll call it fun and games around attackers pushing into the way, you know, getting in the way of the defending wall and just causing a nuisance. So the way to manage this, if you have spray, a really good way to manage it is actually draw a second line with the spray and you can say to the attackers, this is where you're allowed to be. Defenders, this is where you are. If you don't have spray, well, it's important to take the concept Ali touched on of, of making everybody aware and just be really demonstrative with it. Guys, this is where you need to be. You need to stay away from the wall, okay? If you get close, we're going to have to give a free kick. And, and you don't want that to happen. You don't want the ball to go in the yeah. back of the net and me to have to disallow it. And you can say that to the players because then that will play on their mind. Something we need to think about before we actually take the free kick is when we give the foul and how we manage everyone's reaction after the foul. Obviously, there are different situations. They depend. This is when you have to take in consideration the temperature of the game, the tempo of the game, the score, uh, the level, if it's under 12s or senior, um, and which players are involved in a foul. Because if it's players that have never that have done nothing during the game, it's, it's going to be easier to manage potentially, or if it's players that have been going at each other for the whole game, mm. that's going to be a whole different story. Mm. So it's very important to, to understand how we manage that first step of the free kick. So we've given the foul, we've blown the whistle, what's the next thing that's going to happen? The next thing that's going to happen is we have to decide, well, if we're going to give a card, if there's any disciplinary sanction that needs to be awarded. That's where... It's important to decide, based on all those factors that I've listed before, whether we have to get on the hotspot straight away and do a big sprint and get there to defuse any potential melee or uncomfortable situation, or if we can take it easy and just get the, get the game flowing and just move into our position. Obviously, if it's a high-tempo game, high-temperature game, you want to be there, you want to be on the hotspot, unless it's a 
nothing free kick in the middle of the park. Mm. Uh, so you you need to understand: Do I need to rise to the occasion? To me, that's very important. Do I need to raise my profile and make sure everyone knows I'm there to control this free kick? Or can I just stay in the background and let the players play? Again, it's all about, is it a one one nil situation in the 89th minute with a free kick just outside the box? Is it a 5 nil situation with a free kick on the halfway line where no one cares that that foul happened? Is it two players that have been kicking the hell out of each other for... 45 minutes or is it two players is a, is a sub that has just come on a little bit too eager with a player that has been the fairest on the pitch this is all things that we need to know and understand and really have in the back of our heads sometimes it's just about reaction because if a bad foul happens in the second minute we're not going to know all these things because yeah. it's the second minute of the game and if we have to jump into the game and raise our profile sort of way because it's a bad foul potentially a red card we need to be on that hotspot to manage that free kick and manage those players before they go and have a melee. I think what underpins all of that, Ale, is, is two things to me. And it seems to be talked about a lot uh, in modern refereeing. And that's, first of all, awareness. So having the awareness to be able to do everything you've just said and then feel for the game. You know, what yeah. does a game need at this time? And that's something that will be different every single game and every single situation. Um, and it does come back to experience all of that. But if you can do what you think the game needs at the time, that is more than likely going to be the best outcome. And you're not going to get it right every time. But if you can, if you base your decision making on what is best for the game at this point, you're on the right path to success. Yeah. I always felt when you're refereeing, you have a feel for the game. You feel it in your chest. Yeah. When something big yeah, is about to it. happen, it's almost like when you watch your team play and you are getting up on from the couch and going, hey, what's going on there? <laughs> you feel the same when you're refereeing. You go, oh, something's happening there. The difference yeah. is when you're on the couch, you just get to scream at the telly. When you're in the middle of the park, you actually have to rush there because yeah. you need to read and react to that feeling. Yeah. So we're going to finish this episode of The Coaching Corner by giving a couple of tips and tricks that Ally have put together that hopefully you might be able to use in your, in your games over the next few weeks. Have a go. See if they work for you. If you don't, that's okay. It, it's my be mine and Ali's fault if it doesn't work for you. <laughs> um, but no, just give it a go and, and, and see how we go. So the first one we've got there is a way of avoiding cautions for delaying free kicks. So we see it so often at all levels of football. You give a free kick anywhere on the pitch. You go, Hoop, give the foul, and then a player jumps in front of the ball. Okay, so we've got to deal with this. And there's a few ways you can deal with it. Dealing with it early and strongly is, in my opinion, the best way. But there's also a couple of little tricks. Okay, so if, uh, if the, the attacker puts the ball down and the defender jumps in a way and just plays it straight into him, you can just kill the game and say, no, no, the ball was in the wrong place or the ball was moving. If it was or wasn't, doesn't really matter. But all of a sudden, you've stopped the game on your terms and you're in control rather than having to deal with the tricky situation with the players unless this is a little asterisk i think on this is if the player that is guilty of the offense it's been a pain in the ass or you've been waiting for a or, reason or if, to, it, if it is clear yeah. delaying the restart then we're not yeah. going to defend the undefendable yeah absolutely not if it's clear delaying the restart it has to be a yellow card but this is in those little situations where if you can manage it yeah try so it's very important to understand where the line stands there whereas 
if it's if this happens in the middle of the pitch, it's not last minute of the game. It's mm. not there's no there's no team trying to get back into the game and all this sort of stuff. If you can manage it, just do it because yeah. this yellow card you save yourself now, you can use it later. And you can be smart with it, like you mentioned before. You know, you can talk to the player that was supposed to be cautioned. You can go and say, "Hey, look, I saved your ass right now." Yeah. So you owe just, me one. <laughs> yeah, you owe me one. Yeah, just keep this in mind because I could have given you a yellow here. Don't give me a reason to give you a yellow, and I'm not gonna have a reason to do so. And players appreciate that, and it's a way to get them on your side. Yeah. The second tips and tricks, or the second tip and trick, um, is something that I was given by a coach, and I found it really beneficial. So it came from me getting into arguments or discussions with players in in the middle of the pitch, that that middle third. Um, just discussion around the free kick because I'd give a free kick and I'd go to where the free kick was which meant I was then the centre of attention what my coach told me to do and I find it super effective free kicks in the middle of the pitch blow your whistle and keep running because the ball's going to go in one direction and that's going to be forward so if you give it and keep going it, it just removes any need for dissent because you're not there players can't talk, communicate, ask, shout because you're not there, you've gone so really simple but one that I found really really beneficial yeah, they can't complain if you're not there. Yeah, <laughs> it's simple. And then the final one is about game management. And we all know that sometimes we can have spells in a game where you might give five free kicks in a row against a team. And they could be completely justified, but human nature is for the players to start getting frustrated at you. Uh, it's impossible not to. If someone tells you you're wrong five times in a row, of course you're going to get frustrated with them. So a really good way to try and get them back on side is just think about lowering your threshold for fouls on the next one. If you can find them a free kick. Now, I'm not saying you're going to give a soft penalty. You're not going to give it in a dangerous position. But if it's in a really low-risk area, you know, if it's giving them a defensive free kick, that yeah, it's a bit soft, or it's in the middle of the middle of the pitch, and okay, again, it's a bit soft, but think about the mentality. And then you can say to the players, no, 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 I know I've given a few against you, but I'm giving them to you as well. Yeah, the best ones are the defensive free kicks mm. or on corners mm. because you just give a defensive free kick and no one's going to complain about it because especially on corners or, or when there's a cross... It's expected. With, it's, there's always, you know, the classic shirt tugs. It always happens. We yeah. always see it. So you just point at a player, yep, it was him, and then get out of there. And that's it. And you really, really help yourself mm. uh, because you can really get the place to sort of come down and you stop the blaming game. As Jack said, you know, if you get told five times, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you start thinking, oh, you got it against me. Yep. But then there's a lot of psychology that plays in there because once you give a free kick the other way, then the players think they got into your head, but truly you're actually playing your game in your favor and you're playing them. So it's it's this it's almost political how yeah, it works. Yeah, it's a give and take, isn't it? Yeah, but it works really well because players go like, oh, finally, ref, finally, yeah. you got there. You finally yeah. blew the whistle. Um, and you'll hear it all, and that's when you know your tactic worked. Yeah. In today's podcast, we discuss managing free kicks. We spent some time delving into ceremonial free kicks and some different strategies you can use, how you can use your team to help you on those. We then talked about reading the situation. So what does the game need in your free kick management? Does it need you to be strong and decisive or can you be a little bit more relaxed? And then finally, Ale and I gave some tips and tricks on managing free kicks that hopefully you might be able to take into your next game and it might make your refereeing easier and more enjoyable. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, 
Join our Facebook group and become a RefCoach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a RefCoach whistle to show that you are part of the RefCoach community when you're out on the pitch.